Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. From props to parlays to totals and spreads, it's time for Odds and End Zones, a feature of the Fans First Sports Network. It's time to sweat it out. Here's your hosts, Ian St. Clair and Adam Malnati. Adam, a lot has changed since the last time we did a podcast. Namely, Russell Wilson is no longer the Broncos quarterback and will more than likely not be with the Denver Broncos after this season. I mean, we did record a podcast episode a long, long time ago. In fact, the last time we recorded it was 2023. Ha, 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 ha. Typical dad joke. Had to squeeze it in there. Um, yeah, a lot has happened in That's the last week. Said. Yeah, exactly. So... I, I mean, what do we talk about here? Do we talk about how they beat the Chargers? That doesn't matter. Do we talk about how they were eliminated from the playoffs? That doesn't matter. I do find it interesting, and I will bring this up. Beating the Chargers gave them an opportunity to potentially still have a shot at the AFC West if the Chiefs had lost to the Bengals, which they almost did. So that was kind of funny. I would have that that would have been the universe laughing at us, right? If the Chiefs had lost and the Broncos had won, and we were heading into Raider Week, uh, which is now Week 18, and <laughs> the Broncos have a chance at the at the West, that would have been comical, right? That would have been kind of fun. I would have enjoyed that, but alas, we arrive here uh, at this particular juncture where we have no idea what's going to happen with the Denver Broncos in 2024. Uh, we just know that they have one more game before the end of the the official end of their 2023 season. That brings up an interesting talking point and discussion. 
Who is to blame for Russell Wilson's failure in Denver? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, you could you could pick a, a plethora of people. You know what I th- I think is interesting, and I, I'm I'm not going to say that this discussion was lost in all of the falderah of calling Sean Payton a meanie, which okay maybe he was, but quite frankly, if he didn't like the quarterback and he's going to be there for the next five years, he's got to he's got to make a move that makes sense for him. So fine, whatever. Maybe it was handled poorly. Uh, fine. Um, the Russell Wilson stuff. Okay, sure. Uh, Russell Wilson, I, I have a lot of respect for him, uh, at least knowingly, uh, he, he came out knowing he was going to get cut and that the Broncos were looking to move on and he still played hard and he still put in his effort and he still made all the right comments. Like, I don't have a problem with Russell Wilson in this. In fact, I think he comes out looking like a better human being than Sean Payton does. The, The person I really blame for all of this is I think George Payton. The contract extension that he handed to Russell Wilson immediately, which I suppose is easier to balk at in hindsight, but that particular extension really put the Broncos in this situation. He's he's the guy who said, uh, yeah, we're going to trade all these picks for him, which every single executive in the entire world would have done, so let's not blame him for that. But instead of saying, hey, can we see you throw a football before we do anything with the contract? He was like, here's the world. Enjoy. Russell Wilson's going to walk away with like $175 million for winning 11 football games. Insanity. Sean Payton is going to walk away from this looking like a mean, a meanie, right? A schoolmaster who slapped kids on the, on the knuckles when they didn't do what he wanted. But the truth is he's the guy in control of the franchise. And this to me is proof moving forward that Sean Payton is the guy in charge, not George Payton. And George Payton's, in, in my estimation, if he doesn't go away, is really just dead weight. And it's Sean Payton's team. And, and, and so fine. So I'm going to blame George Payton because the contract was such a bad idea. And I'm not someone who said that at the time. I am coming to that from the position of, I didn't know it was going to be that bad moving forward. And now here we are. I totally agree. I also think that it was a reactionary move because it's been talked about. The Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett to get Aaron Rodgers. And when that didn't happen, George Payton and the Broncos panicked. They traded for Russell Wilson. It was never a good fit with Nathaniel Hackett. It wasn't a good fit with Sean Payton. And for those blaming Sean Payton or saying he's a meanie, he proved his point against the Chargers. Only they're paying the guy $5 million a year to do it. Jarrett Stidham isn't a Hall of Fame quarterback. Russell Wilson is a borderline Hall of Famer. When you're making that kind of money, you shouldn't need to be fixed. You shouldn't need a guy to fix his offense for you. You're a top-level quarterback, and Russell Wilson will tell everyone he's a top-level quarterback. I'm not going to bash Russ. I've been one of his supporters from the beginning, even through the cheesiness, because of what he does in the community. He is a Walter Payton Man of the Year winner, and he does extraordinary things in the community. But when you're going to make that kind of money, you need to make plays. He got outplayed by Bailey Zappi at home in a playoff game for the Denver Broncos. 
And every time he had the opportunity to make a play, there are times he did that throw against Buffalo at the end of the first half to Cortland Sutton, remarkable. But it's the consistency and the lack of it this entire year, which is what led to Sean Payton making that move. Now, we won't get into the injury on the contract thing. <clears throat> I don't know enough. I wasn't there. I don't know who mitigated it or started it. Russell Wilson responded to it professionally, as you said, talked to the media. But I'm not going to say Sean Payton is a meanie. He was delivered something he doesn't want. He tried to make it work. It didn't. Even though Russell Wilson has stats that are similar to Patrick Mahomes, but it's the lack of consistency. It's the plays that were missed. It's the open receivers. It's the 180 yourself into a sack. It's not making the plays that need to be made. And I think that's the issue. And now, as you said, we have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, and you know it's funny. I, immediately, Broncos country, and I and I do I I don't think we need to have this as an overall discussion for this particular show because we will have plenty of time to discuss what the Broncos do moving forward at quarterback. But it immediately turns to and and of course the uh, college football playoffs uh, happened the day before we recorded this. And I, like so many others, was drooling over Michael Penix Jr. Uh, there were a lot of people out there who loved what they saw from J.J. McCarthy. Uh, obviously, you have your top quarterbacks in the draft that uh, your Caleb Williams and Derek Mays and Jaden Daniels is of the world that, you know, do you trade? There's so many scenarios that I don't want to get into any of that. But it will become this offseason the conversation that all of us are going to have. We'll talk about Justin Fields moving forward because I have a feeling he'll be available. Although I think it would be silly to trade for a guy when you and and I like Justin Fields. I'm not going to say I don't because I do, but I think it'd be silly to trade for a guy when you could draft somebody who has a similar skill set or or has specifically what Sean Payton wants. Anyway, those are the kinds of discussions that we get to have in the off season and will have plenty of leading up to the draft and all of that. In the meantime. The Broncos still have to finish this season. They have one more game. Like I said before, it's Raider week. It was, I think many of us, it was a game that we had circled as potentially a game that would was going to have a lot of meaning. And now that meaning is mitigated by the missing of the playoffs. But I, I, I ask you this because I know like people like Scotty, who is a you know, huge draft Nick, someone who believes in uh, getting the highest draft pick possible and, and yada, yada, yada. And there's a lot of fans out there that do that. We'll look at this and say, if you're rooting for a win, you're rooting for uh, what is uh, essentially something that's bad for your team. And and I, I don't want to get into that, but it is interesting. If they beat the Raiders, they have their first season over 500 since the year they won the Super Bowl, 2015-2016 Super Bowl, and the first winning season since, because and I don't know why a 500 season counts as a winning season, but it does, fine, whatever, since the following year, 2016, when they beat the Raiders in a meaningless game. And if you ask someone like Scotty, he'll be mad about that game too, to go 500. Gary Kubiak goes out a winner, beating the Raiders for the, for the last time, yada, yada, yada. And so the question is, the importance of this game, is it better to win, better to lose? Does it really matter? I, I think I sort of fall into the category of I don't think it matters as much in the long run. I don't know where they would be picking if they won or they lost, and I know I could research it. But even then, I would say I don't think it matters. 
if they wanted a higher draft pick, they shouldn't have beat the Chargers. So now they're going to be in the middle of the first round. I think the highest they could get, I think Christopher Hart said it on Slack or he tweeted it. I think the highest they can be now is 12th if they were to lose. Right now, I think they're around 15th. What's the difference between 15th and 12th? Like, you're not, I mean, whatever. If you have somebody, Sean Payton has proven he'll trade up and get them. He'll make deals to get players he wants. To me, it's about finishing the season with a winning record. And I don't typically buy into this because a team changes from year to year. But if you're trying to instill a culture, there are going to be players who haven't had a winning season as a member of the Denver Broncos. It's been almost eight years since the Broncos had a winning record. Eight years. And if they do win, that gets them to nine wins. That's a an improvement of four wins from the five they had a season ago. That's a remarkable success. And it's directly tied to Sean Payton and his coaching staff. You're going to tell me that they had a four win with basically the same team? You have another four win improvement. You're at 13 and what? 13 and four? Five? five? 13 and four? 13 and four. God, we really got to figure out this 17. It's such a weird number. I hate. Can we go back to the six? That was so Just much easier. Give me an even number because it's easier for me to to find the math for it. That's really what I wish. I just I think even when you end on an even number for whatever we've just done sixteen games our entire lives, and you know we're we're old now. It's hard to change, right? It's like San Diego and L.A. But a four win improvement is remarkable. That's starting to get the culture in place, and now Sean Payton has his first year with some of the core guys who will be returning. Maybe there are some moves to be made, whatever. We don't know that yet. Whether George Payton is back, we don't know. I feel like the quarterback of the Broncos is not on the roster right now that we'll see in 2024, at least come September when the next season starts. But win, get get the winning record, finish second in the division. I mean, I think when we started – we had the Broncos pegged at nine to 10 wins and that's where they fell. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it ends up being, and success is such a funny thing because when you ask fans, was it a successful season? And we are fans. Uh, I, I think the first mark of success obviously is, well, did your team make the playoffs, have a deep playoff run? Did they win the Super Bowl? And obviously winning the Super Bowl is the ultimate goal and, uh, it's funny because in American sports, and this I, I always go back to this, in American sports, the most important thing is the championship after the season, right? You get through the playoffs, and you essentially have to win a mini season to have your your team look like it was successful. Whereas when you go over to, to Europe and you look at soccer, for example, the big the big win is always the league championship because it's what you accomplished over an entire season, and all the other trophies that these teams play for are sort of secondary to their to their their league trophies. And for Americans in and I, I know I'm speaking about this as if I'm not one, but but I, I just think for us as Americans, let me say it that way, we believe that the Super Bowl is that's what you play for. But when you identify really where your team was at last year, and I think you did a good job of this. And where they ended up this year, even losing against the Raiders, which I, I I hope they win. I think that's the the place I fall because 
I really hate the Raiders. Even losing, they've improved three wins with essentially the same uh, team and a quarterback switch at the end of the year. And tumult, tumult throughout the locker room because of the relationship between Sean Payton and his quarterback, which I think on a personal level probably isn't as bad as people would like to make it out to be. But on a professional level, they just didn't mesh. And with all of that sort of turmoil within this team and some injuries early on and some issues on defense that you know have to be taken care of, they, they won at least three more games than they did under Nathaniel Hackett slash I can't even remember who took over at the end of the year last year. That's that's how long ago it was. So, okay. I, I mean, yeah, I would take a three or four win improvement, I suppose. That, that feels successful. Is it the playoffs? No, that would have been nice. Is it a, a winning season? Maybe we'll find out, right, after they after they play the Raiders. But success is, a, is an interesting measure. And the amount of improvement we saw because of the influence of Sean Payton cannot be overlooked. And there are plenty of fans out there that are going to overlook it because they don't like the way that the, uh, you know, the Russell Wilson stuff went down. I'm one of them. I also don't like the way the Russell Wilson stuff went down. I feel like that could have been handled better, but it was handled the way it was handled. And now you've got to make a decision. Are you a Russell Wilson fan or are you a Denver Bronco fan? And I hate that too, because there are players out there that I love that I can't stand the team they play for. I'll give you an example. We're going to play a guy, the Broncos are, I'm not, so I shouldn't say we, but the Broncos will play a guy this week who I think is awesome. I love Max Crosby. I love him. I love his tenacity. I love his attitude. I like the way he is on the field. And I would I would be ecstatic if he signed with the Denver Broncos. I hate the team he plays for, and I want him to lose very badly. But that happens. So are you a Denver Bronco fan or are you a Russell Wilson fan? That's where you have to to figure it out. And this week is Raider week. And so are you a Denver Bronco fan rooting for the Broncos to beat their most hated rival? Or are you a Russell Wilson fan and you're just salty about the fact that your guy didn't get picked by the coach? I, I mean, it's such a weird spot for us to be. What's also weird is how, for the better part of two years, people in the media were bashing Russell Wilson left and right. And then the second that this happens, they flip and they become a staunch defender. Like, tell me you're fake without telling me you're fake. Like, you just change your opinion. I, okay. Because some of the attacks on Russell Wilson were personal. Yeah. They were personal attacks. So, can't take those people seriously. But I, I, what's interesting is the Raiders are a two and a half point favorite. At home over the Broncos. Yeah, that's the right. That's the standard, right? I, I mean, I think that they yep. are they're probably an even team. The Raiders get home field advantage. Home field in Las Vegas, where there will be a lot of Broncos fans. Yeah, I hope you know. I Still. wonder about that. Even with the the way the season is has ended, is Las Vegas as a destination still such a draw that you're going to have a ton of Bronco fans there, or are are Bronco fans really? at a point and I would understand if they were and as being someone who went to a Bronco game this year and and had a good time but it was obviously an away game because I you know live in the Chicagoland area uh, is is the way that the season is is ending is it going to drive some people away and and make them say you know what I don't need to make that trip or have people already planned this trip and so now they're just going to go 
it's here's where I think has impacted Vegas is the legalization of sports betting across the country. It's not a destination in terms of gambling. I think there's still that that impact of going to the casinos, there's the resort, there's there's all of that. So I think it still is a destination city for people. There's that nostalgia to it. I don't know how much for the younger generation because those who don't know, I am a huge Rat Pack fan. So if I could have gone back to the to Vegas in the 60s to the Sands or the Dunes and seen Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, and Sammy Davis Jr., I would have given anything to hop in the DeLorean and do that. So there's the nostalgia for some people when it comes to Vegas, I think our generation. But now that there's sports betting and you can do it on your phone, and Vegas is one of the weird places that makes it incredibly difficult to bet on your phone in Las Vegas. You have to literally go to the to the casino, to the brick-and-mortar sportsbook to get the app to sign up and then be able to do it. That's a whole nother tangent. It's, it is, yeah. Rant. It's a whole other show. But I, I, I do think Vegas still is a destination for people, and I think they would – It's, I mean, it's a weekend trip, and those who live in Denver or Colorado can fly over the Rocky Mountains, and you're there in an hour. So – it's a quick trip. It's a weekend trip. Most people don't want to spend more than a weekend in Vegas anyway. No. So you 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 fly out Saturday morning or Friday evening, come back after the game on on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. No. I I, I mean it would be a fun trip to take. I think a, a lot of people will still make the trip. Uh, and, and I imagine there are a lot of Bronco fans in Nevada. I don't know if it's close enough uh, for there to be a ton but I'm, i imagine there are some that live there that'll be super excited to go see their team um so why don't i guess why don't we do this let's jump right into the keys to the game and uh and start actually talking about what we think needs to happen and uh i'll, I'll let you i'll let you go first i think that's a good way to start it i'll go with what i've gone for the last eight years no serious injuries it's a good one that's a good one. You don't want to talk about controlling the line of scrimmage anymore because you're tired of that, which I totally understand. <laughs> well, it, it will be a key because you mentioned Max Crosby. Yeah. Someone blocking Max Crosby is going to have to happen or Jarrett Stidham is going to spend the night in Las Vegas, not because he overdid it at a casino and wants the buffet the next day because he's going to be implanted in the turf. So somebody's going to have to block Max Crosby. Just a, a quick tangent here before I get into my key to the game. How many how many players do you think are going to stay in Vegas after the game, or do you think they will uh, come home because they're you know I, I just I, I assume a few of them will be like yeah I'm not getting on the team plane because I'm going to stay here in Vegas and go have some fun with my buddies. I assume there will be a few of them. Yeah, hit the roulette table, hit the blackjack or poker tables. There might be a few, but. I don't know the team policy on that. That's true. So I would assume they have to take the team the team flight back to Denver before they depart. Well, you know who might not be on there, and I wouldn't wouldn't blame him is Russ. So that would be totally fine with that. Uh, I, my key to the game is to run the ball effectively. Uh, it's been an issue recently, especially the Javante Williams situation, and we've talked about this a little bit throughout the course of the year. Uh, there's a lot of questions about whether or not he is going to be able to get back to the angry runs Javante Williams, who uh, was was a mainstay on that particular uh, segment on Good Morning Football, which is one of the funner segments. And 
now he just he doesn't have it. And I think there's question as to whether or not he needs another year. I hope that that's what the issue is. Uh, you know, like Cortland Sutton, I think, took a couple of years to come back from his knee injury. He, he was great this year once they got going. Um, it's just harder for running backs, and there's probably going to have to be a discussion about how Javante Williams fits into this offense, considering he really wasn't the fourth down or the, the fourth quarter guy. He, he doesn't pass catch out of the backfield as well. Uh, is this a game where he can kind of show that he fits in what Sean Payton wants to do, or is he also someone who – like Russ, doesn't really fit into the Sean Payton setup. So uh, my key to the game is that he's got to get going or somebody's got to get going in the running game, whether that be um, um, McLaughlin or uh, Samaje Pirine or whoever. Uh, but that's going to be something that needs to happen there. Um, any players to watch? I would say some of the younger talent. On the roster, this is a good opportunity for Sean Payton to see what he has from some of the younger guys. I don't know who that would be, but it's another chance for Jarrett Stidham to potentially show Sean Payton that he should stick around for another year. It's an opportunity for Jaleel McLaughlin. If Mims plays, he was out against the Chargers. Maybe he'll get an opportunity. Some of the other younger guy, Drew Sanders on defense at linebacker, Jaleel or uh, um, Jaquan McMillan. It's another opportunity for him to get to get some some action. PJ Locke. So it, it's more opportunities. So I, I would say the younger the younger players on the team, like first to third year players on both sides of the ball. I think that's a good way to handle it. I'm going to give you one specific player, and I th- I think that that's you know aside from the Javante Williams, which is as my key to the game, that's pretty apparent. But on on defense, I, I'm going to say. Patrick Sertan. PS2 has been good. He, there was obviously the issue where he gives up the the pass uh, in, in the Christmas Eve game against the, the Patriots that leads to the field goal, that leads to the loss, that leads to all of this, which whatever. But there is potential for him to be packaged in a deal if Sean Payton falls in love with a quarterback or a player in the draft and be sent away. So while I don't – necessarily think and I am not predicting that this is the last time that Patrick Sertan will be playing in a Denver Broncos uniform there's a potential for it and because of that enjoy the fact that for at least a little while the Broncos had uh, the the best cornerback in my opinion in in football for for a few years also there's there's some questions that are going to have to be answered about contract situation with him he's going to be coming up on uh, what would be uh, time to make some decisions about his contract. So, uh, yeah, watch and enjoy, and and hopefully it'll be worth your while. You got a score prediction for me? I'll go twenty seventeen Broncos. Okay, all right, I, we're pretty close on that. I actually am going twenty three thirteen Broncos. Um, I, I don't know if I really believe myself when I say that, but I just don't want to pick a loss, and I want them to beat the Raiders and. Last game of the season, I want to at least predict a positive note. Um, so there's that. All right, Ian, let's uh, go ahead and do our whip around the league. Uh, not a lot to talk about with the AFC West. I, I mean, the Broncos obviously play the Raiders. The Chiefs play the Chargers. The inconsequential games, I suppose if the Chiefs lose, they may drop uh, another spot in the in playoff seating. I don't know. 
but I don't really care. I, I guess I'm rooting for the Chargers there. Am I? I don't really. I don't know. Anyway, but there are some other games on the docket that are super important. Most importantly, which one do you think is most important? To me, it's the Bills Dolphins. The winner of that game wins the AFC North or the AFC East rather. And then the two games on Saturday, Steelers at the Baltimore Ravens, Texans at the Colts. Yeah, huge, right? Both of them are Saturday games. So the, those two Saturday games have some some big consequences for a few of those teams. Uh, the Ravens have looked like the best team in football the last couple of weeks. I don't know if the 49ers would agree with me on that. Uh, but Lamar Jackson has been awesome. And so I, I expect them to continue that because I do see that as a rivalry game. They don't want Pittsburgh getting into the playoffs. And so I think that John Harbaugh will, at least at the start, try and go out and get the win, uh, still recognizing that, uh, you know, you want to be healthy going into the playoffs and, and they don't want to have to deal with injuries. So there's that. I do want to make mention of, of something about that Bill's dolphins game. I was watching rich Eisen today. I love having, um, time off. And as a, as a teacher here, I'm still on my winter break. So I got a chance to watch. And if the bills beat the dolphins, they're in the playoffs. If the bills lose to the dolphins, they're out of the playoffs. If they beat the Dolphins, they win the AFC East. It, it, it's like this crazy. There are other things that have to happen, obviously. Uh, I, and I, I don't remember all the scenarios. But this this season, as far as seeding and records and which team is which and whatnot, it, it's, it's been sort of a, a crazy kind of year. And the Bills, with that middle-of-the-season collapse, have essentially played themselves back into a position where it's win and you're in and you get the AFC East, lose, and you're more than likely out, and the Dolphins win the AFC East. But I think the Dolphins are in. I, I It's it's I, weird. I, yeah, I, the Dolphins, are. they've already qualified for the playoffs. So which, if they lose, it doesn't matter. They. I mean, they like the, the number two seed. If they win, they're the number two seed. So they'll get the home playoff game. They lose, they're a wild card team who could potentially go to Buffalo. Which would be hilarious, right? You go, you have to, you have to go. Back. I mean, the the whole thing is is comical. The other thing I wanted to make mention of, and I I I noticed this, and something sort of clicked with me. Some of you may be old enough to remember the 1997 season, the year the Broncos won their first Super Bowl. They did so as a wild card team. Why? Because down the stretch, they ended up losing some games. That cost them the division. Who did they lose to the division to? They lost it to the Chiefs. They ended up having to go on the road. They beat the Chiefs in the playoffs that that year. They, I mean, they won. They they won every game on the road. That was one of those crazy, awesome playoff runs. It was so fun to watch. It reminds me of what's happened to the Eagles. The Eagles essentially were the best team in football for a number of weeks, and then after a certain number of weeks, they have fallen off. And the Cowboys have won the NFC East. And the Eagles are going to have to fight their way through the playoffs as a as a wild card team. I'm not saying that they're going to do what the Denver Broncos did. Obviously, these playoffs are they different. Uh, obviously, but it, it just sort of reminded me of that, and I I enjoyed that run. You know, you think back to that season; it was uh, such a great season. If you're not somebody as a Bronco fan who remembers that or had the opportunity, go go find on YouTube or NFL.com or whatever. 
those seat remember they used to do those those year end they'd send out you know they they it was like a dvd or a vhs i think i had it on vhs of the entire season the highlights and whatnot it's one of my favorites i love watching it it's what makes that 97 season so great all of the the trials and tribulations and so nothing to do with the eagles i couldn't care any less about the nfc east than i already do but that is something that this reminds me of and so it's just an enjoyable thing to be able to talk about every now and then and then the other game to keep an eye on jaguars Titans. the jaguars have collapsed so if they lose, they could potentially not not only lose out on the AFC South, not even making the playoffs. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.